1: Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk, up and rolling, along with Vince D'Addario, Sean Stiers. It is Wednesday, baby. Not just the middle of the week. Wednesday now means midweek mailbag, and so we're going to be taking listener questions tonight
2: on the mailbag. How are you today, Vince? I'm doing great. It's a great Wednesday, halfway through the—well, more than halfway now that the day is over. Uh, But, well, it's not over yet. We still have mailbag Wednesday here for IB Sports. That's right, baby. Ivy Nation sports talk, but uh, you know Get things are right. good. Things are good, starting to settle into the new job. I'm fired up about Saturday and everything that goes along with it. I mean, there are very few people in on this planet that I would rather spend 10 hours in a car with <laughs> than you.
1: Than you, baby. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Driving to Columbus. That's, That's right. Of course, total hours there and back. But... Correct.
2: Correct. Yes. But it's going to be yes. fun. I'm really... I'm really looking forward to it. You know, the, the, the college football atmosphere, this is arguably the biggest game of the year, frankly. And, you know, we've been just looking forward to, it. I remember we were talking about this game before the bowl game, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, yeah. Marcus Freeman, his first, you know, home game, or his first game as the, as the head coach is obviously gonna be the bowl game, but then the regular season game, he has to go back to Ohio state, blah, 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 blah. But we've been talking about this game forever, forever. And we finally get to see it come to fruition. We get to see all of these players and all of these things that we think we are going to see, but we get to see if it actually happens. So really looking forward to this weekend and everything else with it. So it's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is one or this is a place that I've been wanting to go, you know, see a football game for a long time and not really knowing that this was gonna be on the schedule until really a few years back, it's like, you know, "Eh, do I try to go or, you know, whatever I kind of always, even though I don't like either Ohio state or Michigan, you know, had kind of thought that it'd be cool to maybe take that in at some point over there. I'm glad I don't necessarily have to do that. I don't have to worry about (laughs) buying a ticket, just get to go and cover it. So I'm looking forward to that. It is mailbag day. So for our live viewers in the chat, Shoot us your questions, whether it's about this game, you know, bigger picture questions for the season, whatever it happens to be. And also, don't forget, of course, you know what I'm going to say. Smash the like button, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all that different stuff helps us out. It'll help this help boost this as well. We've had a great week so far That's with been the awesome. podcast. Lots of people listening. We had Ohio State trolls in here last night, Vince. You're Ooh, listening.
2: they're coming back. Don't worry, yeah. they'll be here.
1: Yeah, waiting for some to sneak in here tonight before we get going i do want to mention uh tyler tyler evans uh he said uh, he lost his grandfather today and uh, his grandfather was the reason he's a notre dame fan and we love talking irish breakdown so thank you guys tyler condolences from all of us to you and your family and and uh thanks for stopping in here tonight yeah. we'll we'll uh you know we'll be uh Talk a little Notre Dame football. Maybe it'll help you to kind of be around your Notre Dame family and friends here tonight. But uh, deepest consult- condolences no from all of us.
2: No doubt. We we always try to be an escape for everybody from their you know actual lives. So hopefully you can escape a little bit and just kind of find some solace in the fact that we're going to talk some college football and some Notre Dame football.
1: Did you say lives or
2: wives? Oh, no <laughs> <laughs> on the off chance, this will be the first episode that she ever watches. Yeah, I am I know, not commenting right. on that.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, looks like we've, uh, you're, you're going to start up, right? I'll them. Okay. You start them and I'll, uh, I'll go through and, and, uh, see what we got. I'll just throw this one up there. I haven't even read it yet, but we'll go ahead and start <laughs> with this. So, um, Benjamin says, I saw an interview with Coach Freeman. He said he is focused on Monday through Friday and on game day. Is he going to let the coaches coach? Your thoughts? Um, Yeah. I mean, he lets his – based on everything we've seen at practice, he fully lets his coaches do his thing. He is not looking over shoulders. He is not micromanaging. Now, that's why they're – out on the field, I assume that's the way he is. I mean, that is the personality that he has to begin with. He doesn't come across as as that kind of sort of control freak, just the sort of person he is with the relationships and everything else. So I I fully think that he's going to let his coaches coach. What do you think, Vince?
2: Yeah, I do. I think that he hired these guys for a reason. He didn't hire a bunch of yes men. I mean, he hired guys that he trusts to do the job, and he's going to let them do the job. And I think he's let them do their job up to this point, and I don't see that changing on game day. I really don't. I mean, he's going to make the big decisions, obviously. He's going to be the head coach. He knows the buck stops with him. And that's totally fine. But I think he's going to allow his coaches to coach. He's not going to micromanage, especially the play calling, whether it's offense or defense. He's not going to micromanage Al Golden. He's certainly not going to micromanage Tommy Reese. He's not an offensive guy. He spent a lot of time learning the offense, becoming aware of the offense and all of that. But he's not going to micromanage these guys. He, Yeah. He has imparted what he wants this team to be, and he's told us that, right? He wants to stop the run. He wants to be able to run the ball, etc. That's their charge. Make this happen, right. you know, and he trusts his guys to do that, and I, and I trust him if he trusts his guys. So, yeah, yeah he didn't hire yes men. That's for darn sure.
1: Nope, not at all. Not at all. I just saw one that was directed at you. I'll let you have Uh-oh. this one, David Carpenter. Vince, how many pancakes by the Notre Dame offensive line Saturday?
2: You know, that's a really good I, question. I,
1: I thought he was at first going to ask how many pancakes are you going to eat on the way to Columbus. But I
2: mean, if you're I don't bringing even know them. if there's an IHOP on the way, but if you're bringing them, I'm eating them. I think we can all like, we can all appreciate that. But yeah, you know, I I think Notre Dame's offensive line is going to have a good day. Uh, I'm I'm a little nervous about Jarrett Patterson not being 100. I I fully intend him to play the whole game, but I'm a little nervous about him not being 100. percent So that might bring the number down a little bit. You know, flat. It depend It's funny because pancakes are very subjective, right? It, it, it's it's because they fell down. Is that a pancake? Is it because do you do you have to fat them? Do you have to land on top of them for it to be a pancake? You know what I right. mean? So right. I would say I'll put the over under at like six or seven in that neighborhood. Like true. I'm on top of the guy pancaking him kind let's, of what's
1: average for a game. Like if you ever, that's if a you good ever question. Sat and looked, you know, have it's like, not. you know, we see him, But like you said, it's like not every great block turns into a pancake.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Correct. Right? I mean, you can drive a guy seven yards off the ball and that's a fantastic block. You don't need to pancake them. Now, that's what makes the highlight real. I mean, I get that. Right. But it doesn't have to be a pancake. And I, I, you know, the names of the guys that Notre Dame's going up against, these guys are good players. I mean, they're not just going to take it. It's not going to be like USC in what, 2017, where they're just like, you know, we give up, white flag. It's not, yeah. ha- you know, that's not going to happen. But I still think the offensive line is going to have a good day.
1: It's an interesting matchup to me. Notre Dame's offensive line versus. Ohio State's defensive line because you've got it's like three far five star three former five star recruits on that line they're fairly young guys as well none of them sure. none of them stood out last year you know like one one of them lost some weight the other gained some weight because uh, you know they thought that maybe he was a little bit too finesse but they're as of right now there is none of these guys on Ohio State's defensive line have played like a star they were Right. A decent, just a decent sort of run-of-the-mill defensive line last year. Now, Jim Knowles thinks that they're going to be a lot deeper. Like, they can play 10 to 12 guys. Notre Dame is obviously going to have a deep line as well. What's interesting is this wasn't necessarily their worst position group last year. I still think their linebackers were. But, but again, they with that many five-star guys, they, they really seem to kind of play average and Larry Johnson was the only position coach who Jim Knowles kept on the staff, the defensive line coach last year. So you've got a returning guy with guys who are supposed to be talented coming out of high school versus the return of Harry Heastan. We've seen firsthand what those improvements are going to look like. So this, again, this is a really, really interesting matchup to me. If Notre Dame can win up front at the point of attack and Marcus – Freeman talking about the, you know, roll and, and stop on and all that stuff. This, that, that's what can really keep Notre Dame in this game if Notre Dame is winning that battle. And you know, I know they want to be disruptive, Ohio State and all that kind of stuff, but Notre Dame's winning up there. It's going to be a good night for Notre
2: Dame. No question about it. If they can control the line of scrimmage offensively, even more so than defensively. Now, it's going to be very, very important that Notre Dame controls the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, but if I I don't know. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know that I would pick I would want the offense more than the defense to control the line of scrimmage. But either way, that's where this game is going to be won or lost. I mean, what what does that margin of victory look like in the trenches? Ohio State has the best you know receiving core in the nation. There's no question about it. But if Stroud is getting hassled and harassed all night long, that's gonna be it's gonna make things real difficult. If Notre Dame can hold on to the football, run the ball, you know, dominate the offensive line or with their offensive line, you know, that keeps the ball out of the hands of Stroud and that offense. So both things would favor Notre Dame. They need them both. They really do. I can't pick one over the other because I think they're both equally important, but you're going to need them both if you have any prayer of winning this game or keeping it close. Yeah.
1: David Carpenter, how many rushing yards do you think Notre Dame has to hold Ohio State to in order for Freeman to think Notre Dame did a good job? This is a, this is another interesting one to me because, like Travion Henderson, over twelve hundred yards on the ground last year, but of course, you know, they went to a Rose Bowl. They didn't, you know, they didn't go to the playoff, but they still, you know, and they didn't play in a Big Ten championship game. I guess, you know, at the end of the day, he played in thirteen games and just under just under 100 yards per game basically you know and he's he's their main guy stroud's not going to run a bit you know that that much it's not like tyler buckner so you know i I don't know i I think if they can keep him somewhere
2: i got a number in my head i'm curious to see where you're at
1: i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking like 120 and under somewhere around there okay okay what do you think i was gonna say lower than that one twenty-five. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if they can, because you're right, the quarterback is not going to be really in play when it comes to running the ball, and sacks count. So I'm hoping that Notre Dame can get their hands on Stride a couple times and get him down to the ground. And so if that total is one twenty-five or less, I like Notre Dame's chances. I really do, and that includes the sack yardage because that's going to be important, right? Yeah. And they're you know their only threat in the backfield is their running backs. So. Yeah, I think if they can hold them to 125 or less, I think that that looks really good for for Notre Dame. Now, it can't just be they got 125 because that's all they wanted and they're just throwing the ball all over the yard. Yeah. It, it can't uh, yeah, be that. that exactly. Exactly. You know, right. But you know, that's the number that I would have circled in my head.
1: But you know, two of they weren't the two biggest games for CJ Stroud. Two of I think probably his top four games or something like that, passing wise, were the two games they lost sure. as well you know to to Oregon and and uh to Michigan so those numbers can get skewed by by what you're talking about like they can still obviously come up with yards it's just a matter of how they go about getting them but I, yeah i think right. i think i think if there's somewhere in that 100 to, as you said like 125 i'd i'd live with that as well All right, where was that other one? I was just looking at. Sean, great name, says, how did Ohio State's O-line handle pressure last year? Will Al Golden send blitzes more this year than in past years? I don't know, like, comparative to Notre Dame, because Marcus Freeman blitzed (laughs) last year. You know, it's it's not like Marcus Freeman wasn't blitzing. I, I just say... Ohio State only gave up 17 sacks last year. And again, we're not talking about a mobile quarterback. Like, if Notre Dame's offensive line only gives up 17 this year, one, it'll be because the line is better and you've got guys like Fisher and Alt on the outside, but you've also got a mobile quarterback, so that factors into it as well. You know, one, escapability, and two, the fact that he's running more. So the fact that Stroud doesn't run and they only gave up a little more than a sack per game last year, I'd say they handled it pretty well.
2: No, they did handle it pretty well. And, you know, their schedule wasn't crazy difficult as far as pass rush is concerned. But I will I will also say that there are holes in this offensive line. They can give up pressure. And they've right. got different they've got some guys starting in different places. And they, you know, this isn't a top ten offensive line by any stretch, in my opinion. So will Al Golden send blitzes? he's going to send pressures. There's no doubt about it. And he's going to overload one side or he'll twist and stunt and all kinds of different stuff. Yes, he's going to bring pressure. There's no question. You're not going to be able to just sit back and let Ohio State do what they want to do and expect to be able to defend them. You have to force the issue to a degree if you want to have any success defensively against this offense. You have to. You've got to get Stroud off of his game in order to affect what they want to do offensively. So in order to do that, you've got to send more than four at times. Now there's going to be times where Notre Dame is going to be able to get pressure with four and they'll be able to drop the rest and and be fine, but you're going to have to bring five, sometimes six.
1: You got to make him uncomfortable. You have to, and you have to
2: mix it up too. You got to come from a three down look. You got to come from a four down look, you know, and I know people are going to lose their minds when we start talking about three down versus four down based on some things that happened early last year and things like that. But you've got to do both. You, You have to be multiple and keep Stroud guessing. You have to. Otherwise, they're going to have their way with Notre Dame. Yeah,
1: I completely agree. Completely agree with that. Sid Irish, is it wrong I'm more nervous than excited? I mean, you should be nervous. Yeah,
0: you
2: should be. <laughs> you know, it's like... No doubt. Now, look, Sid, you're, you're one of the most <laughs> negative people. And I mean this respectfully. <laughs> you're one of the most negative people that we have here. But I agree with you 100%. And it's going to ramp up for me as I get to the horseshoe and I start going up the elevator to the press box and I get settled in and watch kickoff like eat I, your six it, hot dogs. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start getting that feeling in my that nervous feeling in my stomach because it all leads up to this. And what's it gonna look like? I'm incredibly nervous about this game. No doubt about it. Am I confident in a lot of the things that we've talked about? Absolutely. Is that equal a victory? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see, but I'm going to be incredibly nervous.
1: Yeah, th- there should be a lot of nerves for this game. Yes. You know, th- I mean, they, they are an underdog going on the road and all these different things. We know all the details by now. Uh, Dean Bambino, 23. We've got warriors on this team that are ready to die for each other. And the coaches, when's the last time we had this much energy from everyone?
2: It's been a while.
1: I mean, it has God. like, you know, that 2012 team is one of the first that yeah, that's comes swag to them, but yeah. the,
2: their swag was mostly defensively. I felt like, you know, I, I feel that's like, true. I feel like but the they had a really good
1: playing. offensive line too. They did.
2: You're right. You're absolutely right. I like mean,
1: and Watt and Martin sure. and you know, that whole
2: crew. Yep. Yeah. I, I am. I haven't remembered this kind of energy around the whole program. And a lot of it's because of a new coach and what he brings to the table, and all of those different things. I mean, the talent on the roster is very similar to what it was last year, right? So I'm very excited for it. I'm pumped up for it. I think they're excited about it. The energy is high. and hasn't been this high in a really, really long time, at least since I've been covering the team from a entire program standpoint, right? So well, let's see if it pays off. I mean, that's the big thing. Hype and energy is, is great, but if it doesn't pay off, back it you know, up. what is it? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Got to back it up at the end of the day. That's right. All right. Let me see. I kind of got lost here in my (laughs) queue. David, how many points does Notre Dame need to score to win? Saying one more point than Ohio State doesn't count. I think they're going to probably need to score, I'm going to say, minimum of 35 points.
2: Yeah, I think mid-30s is is accurate. I I mean, think about
1: last year's game. And I was talking to – on tomorrow's show, we're going to have the Ohio State uh, writer on, and I actually recorded that today. And, like, it it just kind of struck me as weird, you know, because, like, openers, I think – I think that there is still enough unknown that – that's going to factor into, I think, this being a closer game than a lot of people think, for one. Because, like, think of last year – at Florida State you know we're, we base all most of the opinions that we have based on things that happened last year and we weren't expecting Florida State to be a good team they at least showed that they were early on better than they were the year before now they didn't turn out to be a great team and Notre Dame went on to an 11-1 and record but look at the score that that game produced and the fact that it went to overtime I think I think Notre Dame not only is going to need to, I do think that they can score some points yeah. Saturday night.
2: I think they will too. And I, I think 35 is a good number. I, In my bold predictions, I said that Ohio State's not going to score past 30. So if Notre Dame gets in the 30s, I feel very good about where things are going to be. You know, I, I do think points are going to be scored in this game though. I mean, I think the over-under was like 58 or some, something crazy like that. I, I can't remember. You had it at one point in one of our, over-under questions, it was like 58 or 60 in that neighborhood.
1: I think it was 58 and a half.
2: And it's no? even gone
1: up. It's even gone up. It's like,
2: yeah. you know, the
1: the line is obviously going the other way against Notre Dame, but the over-under is yeah. going up as well, which means that everyone's betting, you know, like when it was 15 and a half, 16 and a half, the money was going to Ohio State. So the line starts going up and sure. people were hitting the over at 58 and a half, and that's gone up at least a point. And I haven't checked. I don't think I checked today, but the last I looked, it was 59 and a half. So I, I think 60 right. is an easy number. Because, like, even – and yeah. again, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but you think about 60. If it's 40 to 20, that's 60 right there. Yeah.
2: And Absolutely. I, think, that I, I, think, I think, think that's an contribute easy – I think that's an easy over, frankly. And I, I would yeah. take that over. There's no doubt about that. <laughs>
1: Like I said, I parlayed mine on uh, Notre Dame in the over. Right. So <laughs> hopefully that pans out. Let's see. Um, how about this one right here? Ed, excluding sacks, which, me- which messes up the statistic, in my opinion, Notre Dame needs around 170 to control the game. Less than that, they'll need Tyler Buckner to throw 300 plus, 35 points amount needed to win yet yeah. so he kind of agrees 35 is yeah. is the I, ballpark that we're talking about I think it probably still it, at least 170 I think that that would be my minimum 170 what do absolutely. you
2: think I I when I was thinking about okay if Notre Dame is going to win this game okay it, no, again is there a path for Notre Dame to win sure there's a path but I think that path is a lot of things firing on the right cylinders and I think 200 yards rushing is right around where they're going to need to be, you know, give or take ten or so. Like, I, I just think two hundred is a is a good number to where they need to be because you figure they they want to run the ball. Estime is going to get a bunch of carries. I think Tyree's is going to get a bunch of carries. I think Tyler Buckner is going to have ten plus carries. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of carries to go around, and getting up to two hundred, I think that's where they're going to need to be if they're going to quote unquote control the line of scrimmage and all of those different things. If they can go 200 200, I think that's a really good place for Notre Dame to be 200 on the ground, 200 in the air. It's very balanced. You know, what does that look like? We'll see. But for whatever reason, that's kind of what's been floating around in my head the last couple of days. So, you know, 200 200, I think Notre Dame's in decent shape at that point. Yeah. Well,
1: and again, Ohio State's going to base a lot of how they're going to defend Notre Dame on what they saw from Tyler Buckner last year. So as I kind of switch it into yeah. the next question now, where did it go, where did it go, where did it go? There's so many questions in the queue here. I know, right? I've just been <laughs> crazy, man.
2: There's some good questions in there, though. I know,
1: sure. I know. There's a lot of good ones. I was trying to kind of piggyback it with this one. There, where did there, it I go? Know, I'll just throw one in here, so we're not stalling and looking around, and I'll find mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. one here. Jay Clampett Investments, outside of receiver and quarterback, what position groups do you feel Ohio State has the advantage? I'd probably give them a slight nod at running back, just because Travion Henderson is a ball. known commodity. Yeah, i like, they've, they've got they've yeah. got they've got depth issues like Notre Dame, but you know th- you know, like it would be like. Obviously, if Notre Dame had Kyron Williams coming back, you know, that's kind of what sure. Trivion Henderson is. I we we all think that Notre Dame's running backs can be good, but none of them have produced over right. twelve, you know, it's like when's the last time a Notre Dame back produced over twelve hundred yards in a season. So I, I would throw I would give them the slight nod just because you know what you're gonna get from Henderson.
2: I, I would say I give them the nod from the if we're just doing top back. You know what I mean? If it's Tyree sure. versus Henderson, okay, I'm gonna give Ohio State the nod. But if you're talking about depth, I like Notre Dame's depth better at running back. I think they've got more horses that they can go to than Ohio State does. And I mean, you took the the two spots that I think that Ohio State dominates Notre Dame or, or has a has an advantage in is wide receiver and quarterback. I don't know that they have an advantage anywhere else, to be honest with you. Now, it's a big advantage, okay? Wide receiver and quarterback's a big advantage. All right, I think Notre Dame is better at offensive line. I think they're better at tight end. Okay. I think like you said, I'll I'll give Ohio State the nod from a top echelon running back standpoint. But if you go over to the defensive side of the ball, definitely linebacker for Notre Dame. I think the defensive line has more proven commodities than the than Ohio State. And the secondary, look, Notre Dame has two potential All Americans in the secondary. Does Ohio State? See, that's the thing. Like Ohio State.
1: And Jim Knowles with this 4-2-5, it's a, it's a safety-driven defense is what he likes to say. So they're going to play three safeties out there, but none of those three safeties are the caliber of a Brandon Joseph. you know. So right. they're going to be three safeties. It's an interesting matchup. I, I think that that is going to affect Michael Mayer, for example. But again, it's like Michael Mayer against those safeties I still like that matchup better, even though you've got you know a, a safety potentially out there defending him. I mean, he has shown, you know, that he can he can match that up. And obviously, if you put him on a linebacker, I'll take that any day of the week. So, yeah, I mean, their linebackers, I, I don't think are as good as Notre Dame's. I don't think they're you know their defensive line is not as good as Notre Dame's. I would. I think Notre Dame's offensive line is going to be better. I would at least give it a push. Just you know, again, because we haven't seen it in action, and you know, all that. You know, again, like they've got a higher end guy with Paris Johnson, and all that stuff. But what what does that say? What so is
2: it's? T- I had to read it like fourteen <laughs> times to get it. But Ted Brenner oh, says big West play advantage. Big play I see advantage. now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm hundred percent a big play advantage. But sure. that wasn't the question that was asked. It was what position group did they have the advantage? Yes. They had the big play advantage because they have the advantage at quarterback and wide receiver. That's why they had the big play advantage. Absolutely. No question. Notre Dame can't give up a bunch of big plays and expect to win this game. No doubt about that. Yep.
1: Leopard Irons, what's the first play we run from scrimmage? I'm going play action hitting Mayer on a post route. What do you think, Vince, first play Notre Dame tries to hit Ohio State with?
2: You know... If I'm Tommy Reese, I'm going with bread and butter, and I'm going with an RPO. I, I and it's going to be yep. it's going to be a read to the running back, right? And then it's going to be do I throw it or do I keep it? Right. So triple option RPO. That's the way I see the first play going down. If they don't do that, it might be a play action, but I don't think it's going to go to Michael Mayer because everybody in the stadium thinks the ball is going to go to Michael Mayer. So if they do play action, I think it might you how about this? How about play action to Tobias Merriweather or something like that? You know what I mean? Something that they're not expecting at all. But
1: they haven't seen yet. Because
2: I do think that based on what is on film, right? For Tyler Buckner, they're going to be stop the run first. Okay. Maybe they go man to man to start off with. I don't know. We'll see. But Jim Knowles likes to put his corners out on an island. Let's do it. See,
1: that's a chess match, though, too. Yeah, like How much you're willing to play man-to-man with a quarterback who can burn you like Tyler Buckner. That is a
2: huge chess your match. Back. You're going
1: to make them yeah. have to make those kind of decisions right. as well. And, like, you know, Jesse was doing his breakdowns last night. He thinks more 12 personnel is the way to go because he thinks Notre Dame has a decided advantage up front and that – you know, they can, one, hit them with the run better with that, a- along with Tyler Buckner, and two, that because of Buckner's arm, that he can still beat them in the passing game, it, you know, whether it's a one-on-one
2: matchup or Absolutely. not. Absolutely. You know, honestly, some 12 or some 22 personnel I think would be a lot of fun too because I do too. you've got some versatility with those running backs. You can put them in the slot. You can move them around. And, look, don't sleep on Kevin Bauman, okay? Don't sleep on tight end number two because he didn't have a bunch of catches last year, but the ones he did were impactful. Okay. I don't think, and we've talked about this in the past. I don't think they've utilized the second tight end enough in the past game in the past. Yeah. A lot of past pass. pass, pass. <laughs> I don't think they've utilized him enough. I think that's that could be a secret weapon for this offense going in because Bauman is a good receiver of the football, big-bodied guy. Obviously, we know he can block and do all of those things attached, but he's not going to get a lot of respect from the off from the Ohio State defense. And why should he, based on you know what he's done in the past, and based on who number one tight end is, I think I think Bauman could have a game. We'll see. I mean, everyone's
1: keyed up on eighty seven, but there are other guys who are going to be going out and have the ability to hurt you as well. And they don't all have to be home runs. And Bauman is one of them. Right. Bauman, Bauman has really good hands. Yeah, and he you know he can do he can do both. He can play both Y and U, and just like Mayor can and i think that i you know your answer i love as to what's going to happen on the first play rpo if it's there you keep if it's not yep you take a shot and (laughs) And i think that's the way to go because again they're 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 keyed up on the run because of buckner and everything else
2: well and that's the thing in an rpo situation you can't be wrong if you read it correctly you can't be wrong and that's That's the the best part you just gotta read it you just get into the rhythm you start doing your thing. Because you, the whole point of an RPO is you make the defense wrong. Whatever they decide to do, they're wrong. Okay, so you can either hand it off, you can throw it, you can keep it. I mean, there's a million different things you can do. So I love that as a possibility. We'll see what happens.
1: David wants to know, what's the turnover margin need to be for Notre Dame to win?
2: I think it needs to be at least plus two for Notre Dame, if not plus my three. Plus was three up. was the first number that came into my head, and I thought maybe that might be a little bit greedy. But
1: but if they're if they're plus three... They're going to be in the game at the end.
2: Yes. Agreed. Absolutely. No question. And, you know, I think this defense is going to be hawking. I think they're going to be ball hawking. I think Ohio State's going to test them deep. And I hope they test them to the side of Brandon Joseph. And I hope they test them to the side of Cam Hart. Because if they do, I think you can get some turnovers in that regard. And I also think that defensive line is going to come in and just, they're they're going to be trying to strip the ball while trying to tackle you know what i mean well and they're good at it
1: you know and this slipped by me last year until i was looking at the stats the other day isaiah foskey for six fumbles Yeah, he's really year. good at it six fumbles really that's, good that's that you know that strip sack move yep. basically and that's exactly. that's what that is all about
2: and you grab him with your left you come down hard with the right i mean that's that's a tough move and he's a big strong dude to have yep. coming down at uh at the ball so I agree with you. I, I think plus two, plus three is where they need to be. Plus three is kind of where I'm leaning. You know, I feel really good about where they are in the fourth quarter if they're plus three. Yeah. And,
1: like, just talking about – Foskey's going to draw a lot of attention as well, but there are so many other guys on that defense who can also yes. beat you. I, I think it's, you know, just like it's – I just think it's fool's gold for defenses to uh, – to completely scheme, try to scheme Michael Mayer out of the game. And I think it's fool's goal to try to completely scheme Isaiah Foskey out because there, there are other guys who can who can hurt you on, on each side of the ball for Notre
2: Dame. 100%. But they all need to show up. Every one of those guys needs to show up on Saturday in order for this to be a game.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying you don't have to give those guys attention, but it can't sure. all be about them. Yeah, cause, right.
2: Because other guys will hurt you. No doubt about that.
1: Two for travel thoughts on Freeman's game management. And if golden being on the sideline will help, you know, that's curious. I hadn't really thought now Al golden was on the sideline as a position coach yep. the last few years in the NFL, he said, he's going to be on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part. Now they all have headsets and yeah, stuff like so. that, but maybe that could be part of it, you know, cause Marcus Freeman has said, you know, brought him in, he's got head coaching experience and all that stuff. I don't know the game management thing is just quite honestly, it's going to be a work in progress because yeah, absolutely. You, you you only get it by experience and we're, we're going to all find out together. It wasn't horrible in the Fiesta bowl, but there are obviously spots that you can pick absolutely. apart and say, you know, maybe you should have done this, you know? So that's, that's what we're, he is. He has spent time. Yes. as We've talked about before. You know, in the film room looking at last four minutes of each half, how would I react to this? Right. And you know, seeing how other teams are, are are you know reacting in those situations. So he spent time on it, but still the only way that you're gonna know and the only way he can do it is just by doing it. Completely so, agree. I,
2: you know, no, and I like the fact that he's made a point that's a point of emphasis for himself is to watch all these games, you know, the last 5 minutes or you know different scenarios and what would you do and I mean he's doing his homework. But there's I mean you can do all the homework you want, but there's nothing like being in the game action with all the scenarios floating through your head and having to make those decisions on the fly. You know, that's going to take time. I mean it is. It's going to take time and that's every coach learns from their game time decisions. You know, are they all going to be right? Probably not, to be honest with you. We hope they are. We hope they're right when it matters, right? But we don't know. And it's going to take some time for him to really come into his own as a decision maker on the sideline as a head coach. As far as the whole Al Golden thing being on the sideline, I think that's neither here nor there. I think he's more on the sideline because that's where he wants to be as a defensive coordinator. coordinator. That's where he's comfortable. And I think that's why that decision was made as far as, You know Marcus Freeman needing him, I fully anticipate those two talking to each other about game situations. Fully anticipate it. They don't need to be together on the sideline to make that happen. You know he could be up in the box; it doesn't make a difference. You've got the headsets and all that. And the way
1: they're doing it is they've got like Golden's going to be on the field, so like Laurinaitis will be up in the booth. His counterpart at that, and like like O'Leary will be up in the booth, and so his counterpart would be you know that that kind of thing. There's there's going to be one or the other. for for all
2: those different positions which makes perfect sense i mean yeah look marcus freeman is going to count on al golden at times during games i absolutely expect that to be the case we just won't i don't think we'll necessarily see the two of them huddled up together
1: well see and that's that's part of it too and i've i've said this before like it's easy to sit here and second guess decisions in a football game but the bottom line is these decisions happen in 42nd intervals that are right. continuous throughout the game. You you know, you've been on a football sideline as well as a baseball bench. You know, it's it's a little bit, you know, the you know, baseball is obviously, you know, a Still different slower, pace. Yeah, yeah, right, sure. right. But you know, again, in football you've got to make those decisions and you've got only so much time to make those decisions. Right. So, right. it's, you know, he's he he doesn't have a lot of time to be going out. What am I going to do? You know that kind of thing. You know he's he's going to have to make
2: some decisions,
1: yes. and again, oh, we're going to find out what that looks like mm-hmm. altogether.
2: Yes, we will. And I and honestly, being at the game, it's one of the things I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Do I see Al Golden and Marcus Freeman huddling up and talking? Sure. I don't think I'm going to. That's my prediction, but that's something I'm going to be watching if I have my eyes on the sideline. Are they talking? You know, when it comes in, in a timeout situation, are they going to be you know huddled up? Well, we'll see. Yep.
1: Our buddy Vigo wants to know Would you say we need to take some calculated risks, bro?
2: <laughs> Both sides of the ball. The answer is yes. You have to. In a game like this, you absolutely have to. You can't just sit back and let the other team dictate what you want to do. You're going to have to take risks throwing the ball deep. You're going to have to take risks blitzing. You're going to have to take risks playing man to man. You're going to have to take risks. You're going to, have to take risks, you know, running a reverse or something along those lines offensively. I mean, you're going to have to take risks because it's going to be a high risk, high reward type of game.
1: I would say calculated risks as long as you're not onside kicking when you're up by 11 in the third quarter. Let's just Bingo.
2: Bingo. <laughs> get that one
1: out of the way. Yeah, that's right not a
2: calculated now. risk. That's just I don't want to work here anymore. That's <laughs> yeah, that <is>. exactly right. <laughs> yep.
1: I'm just done with Nebraska. <laughs> Dino Bambino, is Foskey only going to be highly successful if – Riley Mills breaks out. Since if will be double teamed at times. Lacey and Cross will have high volume usage for the first time. You know, there's there's something to that. But I also think the guy playing next to him, Adam Alola, is going to have to say something about have something to say about that as well because of the fact that he is a guy that can draw some double teams as well. And having those two guys playing next to each other and then Mills on the other side you know so i don't think it's only riley mills yeah if if mills ends up being that guy and he can be that breakout guy that helps but adam alola playing right there is going to be yeah. a big part of that as well
2: yeah couldn't have said it better myself completely agree with that there's other weapons on this defensive line and look isaiah foskey was the best defensive lineman on last year's team too and he still had 10 sacks and six or seven strips right i mean he he's still going to get his as the as the kids like to say he's still going to get his stats there's no doubt about it he's still going to affect games but when it's a team sport you need other guys to step up i mean that's just the tall and the short of it when it comes to a game like football so i fully anticipate jason stepping up i think justin is going to step up yes they play the same position but they'll be on the field at the same time uh, you know maybe on third down you know that type of thing and riley mills is poised to have a breakout season I, I don't know what breakout season, what that necessarily is defined as, but, man, has he looked good in practice. I mean, that that he is like an Adonis. I mean, he is a specimen for what you want as a strong side defensive end. So he's going to have – Ohio State's going to have their hands full with both ends for Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Sparkling Swan, what's the media reception if Notre Dame beats Ohio State and – Would they be
2: number one in the polls? I do not think they'll be number one in the polls because Alabama will have something to say about that. Mm -hmm. The media reception will be hilarious, frankly, because all of the haters for Notre Dame will be doing a 180 talking about how good this team is. That's what's going to happen. And now they'll still be your staunch haters, They'll just say it was a fluke and Ohio State lost the game, and you know, all of those different things.
1: Yeah, because if there are the turnovers, well, it's
2: not because Notre right. Dame was great, it's because right. Ohio
1: State made all these mistakes. They didn't yeah.
2: force those turnovers. Ohio State gave them the football, or you know, something along the They'll find their excuses, but you're going to see a lot of the mainstream media who didn't know anything about this team, who still thinks Jarrett Patterson's playing center. You'll have <laughs> yes. all of those people completely turn it and be like, oh, this is a top two team. This is a playoff team, you know, all of these different things. So it's – when things like this happen, I just like to sit back and watch because that's that's where it gets fun to me is watching all these guys backpedal.
1: I agree. And, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to have to eat some crow, including the mouth of the south down there. It, you know, it's I, I, like maybe – I... Maybe you get maybe you get him to to just totally shave that whole thing off, you know. But he he should he should put that up as a wager this week. I will shave my whole head. <laughs> it's not a very good fine bomb impersonation, but you know what I'm getting at. Oh, uh, yeah, I, there's there's just a lot of people are going to have to eat some crow, and I don't think they'll be number one either, you know, because right. Alabama
2: will have something to say about that. But it'll be a huge win, it, yeah, it, absolutely. And it, it look they can pull that off. Notre Dame needs to be in the top four at the end of the season. That's the goal, period. Yep. You know, if they're number one, great. If they're number two, three, or four, I don't care. As long as they're in the top four, that's all I care about. And this obvious, if they win this game, big if, but if they win this game, that will put them in a good position to be in the top four when it's all said and done. Right. Right.
1: All right, Vince. Next question from Brian. I. Agree with tackling way too many guys slipping off guys. How many tackles for loss did Notre Dame lose last year? Notre Dame got in the backfield and then got nothing for it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a major thing last no year. miss tackles. And that's, you know, again, this is something that we have no way to gauge because we didn't see anybody taken to the ground in the two times that we got to go to practice, you know, so what is live tackling yeah. going to look like? big well, question.
2: And, and And that's, that's the thing about the game as it is right now. There's just there. And it's not just at Notre Dame. It's across the board. There's just not as much tackling during the preseason as there used to be because everybody's afraid of injuries and concussions and all, you know, the science of it. And, you know, I get it. I get it. They're, they're tackling big dummies. They're tackling big circle dummy, the donuts, you know, all of these different things they are working on their form and all of that. Look, Notre Dame was missed tackles away from being undefeated. There's no doubt in my mind, and they were missed tackles away from winning the Oklahoma State game, the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, they had opportunities to put Oklahoma State in third and longs, and they just couldn't do it. They could not bring guys down in the backfield. That was a problem. Hopefully that problem has been rectified. I can't sit here and say, yep, they got it all figured out. Al Golden's there. He's the one showing them how to do it. It's going to be great. I can't say that. We're going to have to see. And – I guarantee you it's a point of emphasis because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that was a problem last year. And that put him in some not so good positions when it comes to down and distance.
1: Bill wants to know what Notre Dame player will deliver the biggest hit in this game. I mean, defender, he says. You can't say estimate.
2: I'm going to go with Brandon Joseph. I thought you might. I thought you might. I've seen him lay the wood a little bit in the spring. Not so much in the fall, because again, they're not really doing that. He's a heat-seeking missile. If he sees something, he's coming downhill. Look out. Brandon Joseph will lay the wood. Yeah, see, I'm trying to.
1: I'm trying to think of like who else could, you know, because like usually you don't see the defensive lineman laying it out like that. I'll just I'll go with Maris Lee Leafel because He's been out for a year. He's ready to go. He's kind of chomping at the bit a little bit. So I'm going to go with Leah Foul in this one. I think he brings I think he brings a big hit in this game. I've got a
2: second choice too. And this okay. is way off the map. Junior Tuialamaka mm. is going to lay the wood at some point during this game. If he gets in on defense, which is I don't know if he is, but that boy, when he comes downhill as that middle linebacker. Travion Henderson's going to feel the wrath of number 44. <laughs> I think he lays yeah. the wood at some point.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good that's a good one on reserve. Uh, I snuck this in here a second ago. Michael, are you going to do an Irish jig if Notre Dame beats Ohio State?
2: <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to see that per se, but I'll tell you what. I'll be in a hotel room in Columbus. I'll do it. Absolutely. That'll be one of the first things. I'll just... Tune in. that will be the first thing I'll be doing is the Irish jig because I will be on cloud nine if that happens. Tune in to the post game show, people. Either way, no matter what happens in this game, but if Notre Dame wins, you're gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I probably won't even remember the post game show. I'll just be so elated.
1: <laughs> Jeff says it's been promised a lot over the prior two seasons, and I think you can go back more than two seasons. But do you think we will see more two back sets this game and the season as a whole?
2: The short answer is yes. I do think we are going to see more, but I think the reasoning for it is a couple different fold, right? So I think Tommy Reese, I think, wants to do more two-back sets anyway. I think that's kind of the way he wants to go about doing some things and some formational shifts and things of that nature. But it's also because of the depth at wide receiver or lack thereof. And I think the way that you cover up some of that is because you are, you know, you go with the two-back set, and you can motion a guy out to the slot, and you can do some different things. So, I think it's out of necessity, but I also think Tommy Reese wants to do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, like the last practice we were at, I think we talked about this last week, we saw Andre Estime and Chris Tyree on the field quite a bit together. And there were times where neither one of them was even in the backfield. They were both split out. So I think we will, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see 21. I think we're going to see 12. And again, it's about, the mismatches they can cause and, you know, because Ohio state's going to have three safeties out there. So what's Tommy Reese going to do to kind of counter that? What are some options that he has at his disposal? And I think the multiple personnel packages can really, you know, you talk about the defense trying to to keep the offense off balance. I I think Tommy Reese can, can do that with some of those personnel packages that he can throw out there as well.
2: Agreed. I, I, like I said, I'm really looking forward to possibly seeing some 22 personnel out there. I think that could be a lot of fun.
1: It's funny cuz Jess and I we talked about 22 Did last you? week and obviously that is not, you know, that is that is like a fairly archaic personnel grouping. Two running backs and two tight ends. It's like I go back to my 70s Cowboys and I can remember some of those some of those two back sets, but sure. that's when you were, you know, that's when you had that that straight up pro style where you've got two running backs side by side and the quarterback and then you've got a tight end here and you got a tight yep. end over here you know and a couple of wide receivers out there but i definitely think I, I that's that's another group and again you know like you talk about mismatches i think that that's a group that you could see with these guys because and part of it is because all the running backs can catch the ball so right right exactly and there are multiple tight ends who can catch the ball as well as block you know like going back to we were talking about the rushing stuff earlier I really think this is a game where for for Notre Dame if things are going right like you could see both Buckner and Estime you know up around 80 yards a piece and that's
2: yeah it's 160 total yards right there right there and you add a little bit in from Logan Diggs and you know yeah absolutely I think that's I think that's very doable. Even even in a loss, I think that's actually very doable because I do think they're going to put an emphasis on running the ball. So uh, I, I do think that that's very, very plausible.
1: Tommy guns, 44 scenario. Ohio Uh-oh. state's up by three to seven points with all the momentum set to receive the second half kickoff. Dare to try an onside kick, good choice or bad, regardless of outcome of kick sent. Can't say depends on if it works.
2: No, because it's still a ball game. I'm not. I, I am not confident enough to give because you have to think about worst case scenarios if you're a coach, right? Worst case scenario is you onside kick it and you give them the ball at the forty yard line. Yes, I, I do not want to give Ohio State the ball up one possession with only sixty yards to go. That this yes. is too dynamic of an offense. I would much rather kick it out of the back of the end zone, have them start the ball at the twenty five and have to go seventy five yards. I realize that's only a 15-yard difference. Doesn't matter. Make them go as far as you possibly can. Make them work for their points. I am not kicking an onside kick at that point. Their offense is just too stinking good.
1: Couldn't agree more. Every time they have the ball, you got to make them go as far as possible,
2: as long as possible. Absolutely. You that's, have to. You have. Yep. And this is a game where the field position is going to be very, very important. So, you know, John Sott, the punter, the uh, McPherson, the kicking game, you know, the, the kickoff, man, it's going to be extremely important for field position. You've got to make Ohio state go the length of the field every time they get the ball.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, we were talking about calculated risks earlier onside kick is not one that I like there. There are plenty of other calculated risks that you can take. David wants to know how many times Brian needs to yell. That's what I'm talking about for Notre Dame to pull this victory out.
2: Oh, uh, well, he won't be yelling because he'll be in the press box. And there's no yelling in the press box. We get reminded of that all the time. And uh-huh. uh, I'm sure Sean has some deep-seated bruises from the many years of us <laughs> sitting next to each other. Yes, yes. And punching him in the shoulder. So right. yeah. So he's not going to be yelling a bunch. But for he's going to have to at least think it probably four or five times, I would say, for Notre Dame to win.
1: Yes, I agree with that as well. <laughs> All right, we're running low on questions. So if anyone That's has okay. any that they want to slip in, like you've been thinking about trying to get one in. We still got rapid um, fire, baby. Well, we do. We do. Who's Benjamin wants to know who is your MVP mm. of the game
2: for the Irish? You know, I I this is gonna sound like such a softball answer, but if Notre Dame wins this game, it's gotta be Tyler Buckner. I, I feel like he's gonna have to have a ball game for Notre Dame to win. If they score 35 points, I feel like he's going to be responsible for about 28 of them. You know, whether he's running it in himself or he's throwing the ball or whatever, if they're going to win, it's got to be Tyler Buckner. I know that's maybe a a cop-out answer. Maybe they want me to be more creative, but I just feel like it's got to be Buckner if they're going to win this game.
1: I mean, if if we're predicting it, it's got to be that as well. The, The only other way is like we were talking about if they're plus three, in turnovers the only other way is if like some defender you know like forces a couple of fumbles or comes up with a couple of interceptions or you know has a pick six and another interception you know something along those lines whether it's brandon joseph or a linebacker or something like that i i I completely agree for notre dame to win like this is not going to be a low scoring slug fest right again notre dame we said one of the questions right off the top, how many points do they have to win? I think it starts with 35. And if Notre Dame is going to score 35 points, yeah, it'll help. if the defense obviously can, can give them the ball a couple of times in, in some short field situations. But Tyler Buckner is going to have to have a big game. They're not yes. going to score 35 points without Tyler Buckner having a big game. So I'd have no to doubt. go with him. This
0: is the story of the one.
1: Salty wants to know, have you demanded that students respect my authority?
2: (laughs) In so many words, in so many (laughs) words. I I told the entire uh, population of the school, which is about 3,600 kids, uh, to punch my son in the hallway. You know, hey, if you see my kid, give him a little, uh." you know, so he didn't really appreciate that. But yeah,
1: on that subject, Vinny wants to, or uh, Tommy wants to know, Vinny D,
2: the dean, what's the difference between dean of students and principal? So hierarchy you've got principal, you've got assistant principals, you've got deans, then teachers and students. So yeah. right, th- right there at the uh, bottom rung of the admin uh, ladder, basically. So I get to be in all the important meetings, but I'm the one that nobody hears from. How about that?
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me. Will this yeah. team be better than last year's team?
2: You know, it's funny that that, because I've been thinking about that actually a lot recently. So what were they 11 and one last year 11 and two by the end of the year I think I think this team could be better all around and maybe have a worse record I think that's a possibility you know I I did predict Notre Dame to be 11 and one but their schedule is much more difficult this year than it was last year yeah Yeah, depending on what happens in the bowl game you know all of those different things I think it's definitely possible that this team could be better but the record could be worse Uh, we'll see what how that shakes out but I do think this team could be better yeah
1: yeah because you, you are, in part, a product of who you play. It's Absolutely. not just you. It's also a matter of of who you play. Yeah, the, the schedule is a bit tougher this year. It's a 13th-ranked schedule in the nation. Uh, you know, and Brian is saying easy schedule is why Notre Dame went 11-1 and sure. last year. I mean, I wouldn't call it cupcake, but it, it, it definitely was not as hard as what we thought it was going to be, right. I think, going in. No doubt. No doubt. Yep.
2: Vince, I just want going you to in, know – you- Oh yeah, what do huh? you want? I was gonna say, do you want me to keep starring stuff or are we are we good? I think we're probably good at okay. this
1: point. All right, cool. You know, the, the questions seem to have kind of run out here. Uh you know, let, let's let's do one from Tyler. If you have a five star recruit as your child, how do you handle his recruitment and how would you help him pick a school?
2: You know, that's you've been through the recruiting process, so you can definitely Yeah, but not with a five star. Well, no, not with a five star. <laughs> now that's granted, not with a five star, but you know, I think, I think you look at it a couple of different ways. Number one, this is an opportunity. This is a a part of his life that he'll never have happen again. You know, and I think you have to take advantage of that. I would encourage my son to take all five visits. I would also encourage him to, I, I, you know, we would we would do, you know, a college tour. Hey, hop in the car. Let's do a bunch of unofficials. Like I, I would want him to get the full experience. Visit as many schools as possible. Yes. See what it's like. Now, once he makes his decision, you shut it down. And I would. I would shut it down. We're not taking any more calls. We're not doing anything. else. And I would be very clear about that with all of the schools once the recruiting is over, right? But I would want – I would really, really want him to jump into this thing and take advantage of it, see different parts of the country, see different programs, meet different coaches, because you just don't know. You know what I mean? We – so let's let's pretend that it's actually my son, right? We grew up in Brown no- Notre Dame. That's what we know. We, I don't know what it's like to walk on campus at Alabama or Clemson or Georgia or USC or any of those other places. I, I would encourage him to do all of that. And then I would make sure that he gets on as many campuses as absolutely possible. And I would try to keep him as mentally grounded as possible because it's very easy to, you know, your ego to. Yes. And then all of that stuff, I, I would do my best to keep that tamped down. You know what I mean?
1: I agree with everything that you said. Um, I would, you know, thing that I've always encouraged my son to do is think for yourself. You know, you need to learn to make decisions right. on your own. I'll be here to, you know, like if you have questions, you need advice on something you can ask me but just everything you said take all those visits talk to all those people process it all you know if you need someone to bounce it off of then we can bounce it off of it but then as you said take all the time you need but if you are going to to announce a commitment you know even though it is just verbal if you're going to announce a commitment you're going to stay committed you're right. not going to change your mind down the road take all the net time that you need to make the decision but once you say you're committed you're going to stay Yes. Committed. 100%.
2: Yeah, that's that's the biggest I, thing, And I think that's about being a man of your word. And I'm not, that's not a knock on any of the recruits that are out there or anything. But for my family, for me, that's about being a man of your word. You tell a coach that you're going to do something, then you're going to do it. And that's, yeah. that's how I would raise my son. That's how I would want to be treated if I was a coach. And that's how I would go about it. I, I would just kind of be that guy in the shadow in the background, make sure all the right questions get asked, you know, all of those different things. And then just make an intelligent decision. And a lot of that, to be honest with you, and I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but a lot of it would have to do with academics as well. My son's a high academic student. Your son was a high academic student. Football doesn't last forever. You know, soccer doesn't last forever. Whatever the sport may be, yeah, academics is super important. You've got to be able to have a degree you can fall back on.
1: Agreed. Quinn. Uh, was asking, did we see his Desmond Howard question earlier? I accidentally Ooh. unchecked the star, and so it slipped out of the queue. We did have it starred up and, and ready to go. He was asking about Desmond Howard's college football playoff picks. Oh, Jesse hilarious. and I talked about this in rapid fire last night. Hilarious. It's really like, it's just clown show, you know. <laughs> like if you if you if you want to be taken seriously as a college football analyst, you can't come at me with what was it like Michigan, Baylor. Pittsburgh. I can't remember what the fourth one was, but you know, it was like another off the wall, you know, team that he had. Yeah. I did say Pitt. Yeah. I know Pitt Pitt, Baylor and Michigan were three of them, but
2: it's just, yeah. It was ridiculous. It was just like, it just hand into a sack with all the names on and just pulled out four. I get It made absolutely zero sense. What he said. And obviously it's clickbait. It's ridiculous. I I almost feel like he's like, you know what? Let's see how ridiculous I can be and how much press we can get off of Texas
1: it. AM. Texas AM there you was go. the
2: other one. It's also a joke, but whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh Lance wants to know do you think the new defensive coordinator will make the Ohio State D line improved enough to be able to stop the run and get pressure against Notre Dame's offensive line, which I expect to be much more improved. From the jump, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. That's the only position coach that they kept was the defensive line coach. And they had a very average defensive line last year. Ohio State did. Now they're going to, you know, they're going to play deeper. I know they've talked about they want this defensive line to be disruptive. And, you know, they want to try to confuse and disrupt and all these different things up front. I think it's a really good question. And I just, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer to that is right now it sounds like they think they're going to be better but you know let's let's not confuse Jim Knowles with Buddy Ryan you know this ain't the 46 defense and you know he's he's not the king of the world you know there there are guys like it it seems like Don Brown comes to mind you know a few years back like everyone oh this this defense and you know it's he's a good defensive coordinator yeah he has more talent than some of the other stops that he's been at like Duke and Oklahoma State but it's it's also, from what I understand, a fairly complicated defense, so getting that going early on, especially in an opener like this against another quality team, I think that could potentially
2: be a challenge for them. No doubt, and I look, I, I'll be the first one to admit, I'm happy, if Ohio State's going to be on Notre Dame's schedule, I'm happy it's game one and not game 11, Yeah. by then, the defense should be rolling. You know, I I want them fresh out of the gate with a brand new defense and a brand new defensive coordinator and brand new position coaches and all of those different things. That's what I want as a Notre Dame fan because you have an opportunity to exploit that potentially. They're not going to be a well-oiled machine defensively. They're just not going to be. I don't care what Jim Knowles says in his press conferences about how they're 100%, they're ready to go, or, you know, I was able to install more than I thought. Okay, great, but can they execute that under pressure against a – what I think is going to be a really good offense. Right. We'll see. I don't think. Bobby S is J Pat practicing Jarrett Patterson practicing. He was the last time he was seen with our eyes. He was in a walking boot. And I believe that was Saturday. It was anticipated that he would be out of that boot and practicing this week. Now we don't have access to practice, so we don't know for sure. I believe that he's been practicing. I fully anticipate him practicing. That was the plan all along. We'll see.
1: DeHawk, hawk better chance. Notre Dame beats the Buckeyes or the Baltimore Orioles make the playoffs as a wild card. I prefer an Irish win. Uh, you, you know, the Orioles are making a push right now. And what's crazy is they're making this push since trading Trey Mancini. It's like, where did all this come know, right? from? Where was all this when you still had Trey Mancini? But I'm, I'm going to give Notre Dame a better chance. I think that, the, I think it is stu, still too far uphill for the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm going to say Notre Dame's got the better chance.
2: Can I, can I just say that I'm enjoying the white Sox losing all of these games in a row. Just saying, <laughs> just throwing it out there.
1: You won't find any, you won't, you, you won't find any disagreement for me <laughs> on that one. I just want you to know I've got my new internet. tonight. Oh. Have you, can you tell the difference at all? Uh, like on, on yes. your end, does it seem better? Hundred percent, yes, no question.
2: I I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, and yes, it's been hundred percent better.
1: All right, awesome. Well, look at that. Driscoll know that his money is well spent. Then, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been telling me he would pay for an upgrade if I could get it. So hey. I finally was able to get it, and so Driscoll yes. paying
2: for it. <laughs> I, I I know that the Cubs suck. And I appreciate that, but it makes me feel better that the White Sox were supposed to be really good and they're not. That makes me the Cubs were always supposed to suck. That was never going to, I mean, they were never going to be good this year. So that's I true. you know, so it just makes me happy that the White Sox are blowing what they all the expectations that they thought because they've got a geriatric manager who doesn't know what he's doing. Yes.
1: That's all fine and good, Vince. But that's <laughs> gonna do it for tonight. Tomorrow night, again, I've got the uh uh, an Ohio State beat writer coming on, so we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about Ohio State and this matchup coming up um, Saturday. Marcus Freeman has got his noon Zoom conference tomorrow. They're they're not the in person press conferences, right. so we'll see if anything comes out of that. We'll start the show talking about anything that comes out of the Freeman press conference at noon. <laughs> That was great. Man. And then we have the Ohio State guy, and then Bobby will be on for some rapid fire. And, of course, don't forget, we've got uh, Countdown to Kickoff coming up Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And bells. That's right, baby. We'll uh, we'll be on with a uh, pregame show, Notre Dame and Ohio State. And then the whole gang will, uh, with the exception of me, will be there after the game late Saturday night slash early Sunday morning. Somehow we're going to try to sleep and then see if we can get back into South Bend Sunday. So you can do another show Sunday night.
2: Can't wait. It's going to be great. I'll be watching film the whole way home. Yep, absolutely.
1: Thanks as always for uh, joining us here tonight. Don't forget, hit the like button, subscribe, rate, review, and all that good stuff. Always great to be talking some Notre Dame football leading up to a game it is almost here it's yes. almost here Vince
2: yes and somebody said it finally the talk is over we get to actually watch the game it's coming a couple more days we'll be there a couple more days just yep. hold on people we're, we're almost there we're almost there
1: all right talk to you later IB Nation Sports Talk